Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in to by the word of their testimony. I'm your host, Etienne McClintock, and with me in the studio today, I have a very special guest, a friend of mine going back quite a few years now, Pastor Lyle Southwell. Good to be here, Etienne. Great to be able to join you. Yeah, appreciate you making the time available. Now, Pastor Lyle comes to us not as a stranger to media. You've got a fair bit of media uh, background and and experience over the years. Well, it depends how you define a fair bit, really. (laughs) Um, I've definitely dabbled in media for a long time. I enjoy media. Hmm. And uh, started out with um, TV, and now actually I'm working in radio as well. So we sort of do the same thing. Okay, fantastic. Some extent. Yeah, You've, you you with Faith FM, Faith FM. So I host the uh, breakfast show on Faith FM. Okay, so people can hear in the mornings That's as they drive five, to work. Five or? mornings a week. Five five mornings a week. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. But you're also no stranger to Three ABN either. You've done a little bit of work here too. Yes, where I, I, I do the uh, now I've gone completely blank. What was the name of the program? That we did? <laughs> let, God, let God speak. Let God speak. I come on the Let God Speak program, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have lots of fun there. It is just a, it's an awesome program, and so if you get the opportunity to be able to watch it on your TVs, it's it's a, it's an uh, it's a place where we get together, we study the Bible, we study yeah. topics of the Bible. Uh, there's a panel of three of us, and uh, yeah, we really really enjoy that 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 program. Great. Well, yeah. look, I, I'm more on the radio side, but I do. Once a month, sort of get involved, that's and I right. do one. You one. and I sometimes get on there together. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and the good thing is, we also broadcast the audio for that on radio, so people can hear it. Just a half-hour program, yep. looking at Bible study, which is fantastic. Mm. But we've also got a couple of your programs that we do play, um, and one of them is Grand Visi. I think that's only about six or seven episodes. But yes, there's you've a, got the you've got you've got the abbreviated version, the abbreviated version, yeah. and then there's also a longer version which has got just over twenty programs, twenty episodes. That's called Prophetic Code. That was 20, 21 episodes in that one. Okay, so what does that cover for those who may not have heard it before? Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, Babylon's Grand Vizier is the story of Belteshazzar, um, otherwise known as Daniel the Prophet. Okay. And uh, the abbreviated version that you've got traces through the history of his life, traces through the prophetic chapters of the book of Daniel, which are chapters of, of Daniel that are often skipped over. Mm. Uh, one of the things I was noticing was that you know a lot of people they love to preach the the prophetic chapters of Daniel because you know it's exciting and it's sensational and and it's talking about things that are happening in our world right now and that's really fantastic. Yeah. And yet you've got these these other chapters there that are dealing with history, and in dealing with history there are such powerful lessons mm. for what we're doing right now and for you know where we're living at this particular time period and parallels that are coming through. And so that's that's what inspired me to put that part of the uh, of of that particular series together. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed it and learned a few things in regards to the parallels. The stories in themselves are prophetic in nature because you can draw parallels to what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And the one you've got, of course, was uh, 
was um, recorded at Maitland Adventist Church in the Hunter Valley. So okay. here comes a, a shameless plug for my church. <laughs> if okay. you're in the Maitland area, come and visit us one Saturday morning. At uh, We start at 9, 9.30 in the morning. So, yeah. Okay. So you're the pastor of Maitland that's, Church at uh, the moment. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, apart, from, apart from hosting uh, um, the uh, Faith FM breakfast show i passed to the church there and uh, come on three abn on occasion so yeah well that that will keep you very busy no doubt it does (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh, tell us a little bit about your family okay so um i grew up in tasmania okay the promised land the best part of the world for those who don't know if you haven't been there you're missing out (laughs) i've been there a few times yeah (laughs) yeah um so yeah tassie beautiful spot down there um and uh just a small family got one brother one older brother he's about 18 months older than me okay and uh, yeah, he still lives down there, um, and uh, yeah, just as, and and then of course I have my own family. Yes, um, married with two boys. Two boys, okay. I, and as of two days ago, I no longer have any teenagers. Oh, really? Yes. So the big two O has happened. The big, the big two O. So my youngest just turned twenty. Okay. And that... my oldest is twenty-one. They're in that narrow little gap where there's only sort of you know one's twenty and twenty-one, and then the next one will have his birthday and. And uh, the gap will widen again. But, okay, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Understand. Okay. It'll widen, but yeah. Yeah, and you also married a Michelle, and I married a Michelle as well. A, a good name. Yeah, good but name. both from foreign countries, except my Michelle's from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the foreigner. You're the foreigner, <laughs> and mine's from the United States. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, very good. And, and mine goes by Shell these days. So. Shell. Shell. Okay. Yeah, mine goes by Shelley. So it's. Uh, yeah. Don't ever call Shell Shelley. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not a good thing. Thank you <laughs> for the heads thing. up on that. I'll make sure I stay away from that yeah, one. I'll put that, put that one out on the air so that everybody out there that is listening, if you ever meet me, just don't go down that path. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So you were brought up in Tasmania. It's a beautiful part of the world, like you're saying. And what sort of household were you brought into? Was it a Christian household? Yeah, my, my parents were very godly parents. Mm. And uh, we lived out in the bush, which is great. Okay. Uh, so I grew up in the bush. Um, you know, went to a little country school that had um, the best year that I was there. It had twelve students. Wow! So this, this is for years one through six. Okay, she would have had a lot of personal attention. Yeah, the lowest the lowest year that I was there, we had eight students. Okay, um, so one teacher school out in the bush, down in the Huon Valley, mm. um, down south of Hobart. And uh, in many ways, I look. I guess all, a lot of a lot of a lot of kids could look back on their childhood and say, "Yeah, I had the idyllic childhood. I wish I'd give it to my kids." But um, you know, I think I really did. Yeah. Um, it was just uh, it was just fantastic. Um, in fact, um, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I went to school until I was eight. I didn't homeschool or anything. I just didn't go to school. Well, wow, look, they reckon, you know, kids who start school at eight pick up very, very quickly all the things the other yeah, well, kids have spent for about two or three in, years. They started me year eight because I turned up at school and I hadn't been to school before. And they, so they started me with year one stuff. And by the time I finished the year, I was caught up to everybody else. And so I'm like, and thinking, okay, you guys just uh, missed out on a whole lot of life <laughs> while you're sitting here in class. Yeah. You know, and I've been out, you know, nice. um, in, in, enjoying, enjoying uh, being a kid. Mm. Yeah, it's five. They're still so small to go to school. You know, I even look at a New Zealand on their birthday. By law, you go to school on your birthday, so you think you're going to have a great birthday. Some kids look forward to going to school, but I yeah. didn't as a kid. I oh, me just... either. Me either. I <laughs> dreaded it. I think that's probably why my parents let me avoid it as long as I did. That's right. It was the last thing in the world I wanted to do. I mm. didn't want to run free in the bush. You know. Yeah. Well, you get education that way as well if you can run around in nature. And there's a form of education that I noticed that um, some alternative schools are actually experimenting with is, okay. uh, is just taking kids out into the bush and spending the day in the bush with them and teaching them how to play because mm-hmm. kids these days have forgotten how to play. Yeah. It's a lost art. 
you know, um, screens have completely taken over. They have. And uh, the average child now spends 40 hours per week uh, connected to the internet. 40 hours. That That's longer than, the, longer than the adult working week they spend connected to the internet. Yeah. Wow. Um, in, in an online environment. And uh, I had none of that growing up. Mm. You know, I, I was fresh air. It was sunshine. It was uh, brisk being Tasmania. Yeah. Um, not that I actually remember it that way. Mm. Um, it was, um, you know, sometimes it was rainy and wet and miserable. But yes. we knew how to play. We knew how to be actual, you know, human beings. Entertain and yourself and, and be creative and come yeah, up with things. Yeah, and, and how yeah. to interact with people. Mm. Um, yeah, that's an art that's being lost at the moment. It Everybody's is, it in, is. Their, in their cell phones, you know, typing messages or reading Facebook or reading something. Oh, I know. I mean, my kids, you know, they something. get together with their friends and they sit around in my living room and they're all staring at a screen. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what? That's a different what, social life. What, what kind of social life to. is this, you guys? You know, why don't you just like put those things down and start talking to mm-hmm. each other? So you had a quite a wholesome upbringing then. So, you I mean, the, the, I guess the, the environment and the influences and the temptations that kids have nowadays. Uh, I guess there's far more options available to them. Yeah, than, you know when we were growing up. Absolutely, it was very wholesome, very very wholesome. Mm. I mean, there's 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 not much that can hurt you in the bush. Yeah, um, there is not much that um, can hurt you morally. Mm. I don't think there's anything that can hurt you morally in the bush. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. You know, we we had we had we had a little piece of paradise down there. We had. Um, you know, we used we were we were almost at the point of being self We weren't greenies or hippies or anything like that yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did enjoy being self-sufficient. We had uh, about a hundred fruit trees of just like all kinds of different varieties. Oh, nice. Um, and of course, down there you don't have to deal with all the bugs you have to deal with up here. Mm. Um, we had 14 different kinds of berries that we had growing. Oh, amazing. You know, so you, you come home from school, you, you, you get a bowl, you throw a dollop of ice cream in the bowl, and you just go down and start filling the bowl up. You know, it's yeah. just like, <laughs> how good is that for dinner? <laughs> that is amazing. Um, we had, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, um, it was definitely a small piece of paradise. Mm. So with, with all that, were there, was there opportunities for mischief? Plenty of opportunities for mischief, oh, okay. and, and and I think a lot of our mischief was, um, yeah, you know, um, the kind of mischief that a lot of people would freak out about today because they would be um, afraid that their kids might get their hands blown off or something or other. Okay, um, it was more that kind of mischief than you know running around and and uh, getting into um, you know drugs and parties and yeah. and graffiti or, or mm. streets at night and that kind of thing because there was no streets at night there was no streets there was um, yeah. probably was a, no lights either it outside was a, it was a miles walk <laughs> to the nearest sealed road you know and, yeah. <laughs> okay. and uh, um, all that kind of stuff but um, yeah we probably did kill our few, nearly kill ourselves a few times oh really okay. so you got quite creative in keeping <laughs> yeah, yourself yeah, entertained yeah. <laughs> country kids tend to do that kind of thing you know it's yeah, just yeah. Uh, this is how country kids go. So, yeah, but you, you survived it, obviously, and so did your brother. And we did indeed. Yeah, wow, we did indeed. We've got a few scars to um to, to prove it, but no um, doubt. <laughs> yeah, but, but but a history. Yeah, a bit of history. <laughs> so okay, um, your upbringing sounds fantastic. It sounds great. So with that, was there any negative influences from anywhere that sort of impacted your life in a negative way? At the time, I didn't realise it, but mm. looking back, um, yes. Um, all of the same evils that exist today existed back then right. in a different format. Okay. And um, and so I knew children back then uh, that were being abused. Wow. Had no idea of the implications or anything like that or of what was going on mm. or uh, 
um, you know, what that involved. I mean, you know, these days you'd report that and people, you know, you'd go to the police and there would be, you know, um, instantly there'd be all kinds of ramifications mm. from it. Um, and so, yeah, a tiny country school and yet that existed in it. Go figure. That is incredible, yeah. Mm. So human nature was still the same back then as it is exactly. today. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Human yeah. nature has not changed. Mm. And a lot of the evils that you know that we are you know horrified about in society today existed back then. Yeah, wow. And if I'd have known what I know now, I would have responded very differently. Back then it was like, just sort of like, what on earth? Mm. And then, nah, surely not, and move on. Yes. Um, you know, when, when, when kids would talk about things and... And, uh, yeah, now we know that that's like the worst possible thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, innocent in some ways and yet the same issues, you know, and also people are more open about talking about things now that they, they used yeah. to back then. Yep. And we also know how to deal with it more because it's, that was sort of more hush-hush. Now it's out in the open. You yeah. Know? Yep. And I think mm. a lot of – I think it's better to be out in the open. I agree. Um, and uh, it, it gives us a, an opportunity where we can, you know – Deal with these issues, and we, mm. and we really need to um, to deal with these Absolutely, issues. Absolutely, yeah. No children, children need to protect it. That that's mm. for sure. Okay, so you grew up in this wonderful paradise. So uh, when do you sort of spread your wings a little bit and and move on? <laughs> or you don't? Or you I mean, cheated high school there as well as primary school? I mean, they experimented with a high school there once, okay. um, and I think they had they had three three students in year six, and it was like their biggest year six class they'd ever had. It's like, wow, we should start a high school. <laughs> and so they, they started year seven, and they kept those three students, and, and we had uh, we had year seven. Okay. And um, um, that sort of increased the size of our school there briefly, and but then it's only what lasted for one year. Mm. Um, was so it, after was never seven, going, was never going to be anything that was going to be viable. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so after year seven, you had to go elsewhere for school. No, that was not while I was. Um, I, uh, that was not my year. Okay. There was three in my year six year as well, but they didn't have uh, year seven after my year. So uh, okay. Yeah, a number of things happened all at once when I went to high school. So um, when I went to high school, went to the big city school. Very very different. Major culture shock. So this Hobart we're talking about. Yep, Hobart, okay. mm. um, and you might say that's it country town but <laughs> for but me you, that was the big city yeah right? sure you know? yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely town too <laughs> by Tasmanian standards it was <laughs> the big smoke yeah. um, and so okay so the two big things that really hit at that time was first of all I was tossed into a culture that I knew nothing about mm. um, in amongst kids that I couldn't relate to okay um, these were kids that were into all the things that you, you know your average high school kid is into. They're into music and they're into, you know, back then you had those really, really early computer games. Computers had just been invented. Yes. You had those really comp early computer games, you, and they beep, 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 beep kind of things. And, yes, sir. Um, um, so computer games and, and uh, music and, um, you know, I, th I think martial arts was popular back then. And I'm just trying to think of all the fads that went through. We had the yo-yo uh, the fad and, mm. and, and all these kids. This is mid-80s. Yeah. And uh, um, and it was all stuff that I knew nothing about. You know, I could drive a tractor. Yeah, I could, I could, I could, I could run a uh, a hay mower fine. I could rake the paddocks. Um, you know, I could shoot pretty well. I could catch fish. I could, you know, these these were the ways that I entertained myself. Mm. And uh, I was quite proficient at all of these kinds of things. Okay. And, I, and I'm mixing with these kids, and I have nothing in common with them. I'm feeling really insecure, mm. really out of place. Got no friends. And having no idea how I'm even going to be able to make friends, yeah, well, wow. and, and connect, and so, yeah, that was a um, that was that, a tough that threw my world upside down. Mm. Um, and about a month after I started there, it was my birthday, um, and 
you know, I think my mum recognised what was going on. Mm. You know, I was really struggling. She put on a birthday party for me. She didn't always put on a birthday party, but this time she did. She invited all my old friends. And uh, for me, it was going to be a great day to, to be able to connect with, um, you know, people I could actually, you know, be on the same page Yes, with. yeah, understand your uh, skill set yeah, and uh, have the similar right. skill yeah, set. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the city kids, th- th- they'd go and kick a ball around after school. There was nowhere I could kick a ball around it because we lived up on the side of a mountain, but, you know, I might go okay. fishing instead, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and and this kind of thing. But um, so, yeah, so that was, that was something that I was really looking forward to. It was really positive. And... Um, that evening, uh, when the party was over, um, my mum went to bed early because she was feeling a bit off. Mm. And uh, four weeks later, she was dead. Wow. Yeah. She, Ooh. she was a nurse and she'd contracted a, um, a multidrug-resistant golden staff infection. Mm. While working at the hospital. Yep. Yep, in the ICU. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Wow, that, that would have been a, a major. And so those two things combined, yeah. they really threw me for a spin. Mm, they would yeah, have yeah. I just uh, yeah really that was um, I was very lost mm. very very lost um, and so yeah I struggled on at um, yeah struggled on at high school mm. um, sort of started to fit in a little bit by the time I got to the end of it so started you started to, started to get in. a bit of a feel for what's yeah. important to other people yeah. and you're starting to kick the ball around as well now yeah, a little bit yep yep <laughs> yep yep all that kind of stuff yeah uh, there were certain aspects of it that I never really got into because mm. I was never any good at it but um, um yeah, started to uh, started to work my find find a niche, um, and then when I was fifteen, my um, my father remarried. Okay, which was a good thing. Mm. Uh, married a wonderful woman. Okay, but as a fifteen year old, a stepmother, no matter how wonderful she is, is still a stepmother. Yes, you know, and it's still just like yeah, it's just not the. It's not the same. Yeah, That's it's just it's not it it's not be. it's not the the kind of thing that you really want to deal with. Hmm. And uh, to cut a long story short, I ended up um, yeah, more or less moving out of home, I guess, and uh, living in the bush in an abandoned apple picker's hut. We got an apprenticeship as a cabinet maker, left school, um, left home, and uh, started a more adventurous life. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, rather than deal with all of the issues, just like, yeah, no, I forget, just leave. Um, and, uh, so you went back to the bush. Yeah, back to the bush. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so your experiences through this time, I mean, obviously had a Christian upbringing and that, yes. and then God would have been a part of your life you know, all through that time. Yeah. We used to have, you know, morning morning and evening family worship was integral to our household. That was something we did every day. It was non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, you know, we went to church every week. Mm. Um, and um, as a young person growing up, I really loved the Lord. Yeah. Um, one of my teachers back then actually remembers, and she's probably the only person that does, but I actually had a call to ministry when I was about nine years old. Really? Yeah. Wow. At Which the age I, of nine. You know, I forgot mm-hmm. for quite a number of years after that. But, uh, yeah, at the age of nine. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess through that whole high school. You know, of course, in the high school, you mix up the fact that um, my my home has fallen apart. Now I've got, I'm in a single-parent home. Um, my social network has fallen apart. Mm. And, of course, you're going through that whole, um, mm. you know, from being a kid to being a man, sort of um, adolescent change, yeah. everything's changing, mm. you know, the way you might. There's a lot of change. There's a, lot of, change. There's a lots, yeah. lot of stuff to be dealing with all at once. Yeah, and, and then of course, quite traumatic, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, um, you know, I just like, I live home. 
so um, and, and so as far as you know your experience through that time your relationship with the Lord and your walk with the Lord was that impacted positively negatively or just sort of stayed yeah it was impacted negatively during this time period I was still going through the motions yes very much so um, it wasn't until I left home or around about the time I left home that I suddenly realized how lost I was. Mm. You know, so you can imagine, I'm just a kid. Yes. I'm living, you know, uh, by myself. You know, there was there was these abandoned apple pickers huts and, and uh, my brother and had a friend had the one next door. Um, his his one was, we, we called that the, the motel because it was the fancy one. Okay. <laughs> it had running water and electricity. Oh, Mine didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, neither of them had a flushing toilet, but. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, he at least had running water and electricity. So you're off the grid almost. Yeah, you know? <laughs> just about. Just about. We were sort of halfway feral, halfway um, redneck, I think. Probably yeah. a little bit more redneck than feral, but somewhere oh. in between. <laughs> um, and, and it was a great adventure for teenagers. Yeah. But. Um, you know, you have no. You suddenly suddenly launched into a place where you got no restrictions. Nobody's telling you what to do. Nobody's saying you can do this. You can't do that. You can't. You know, whatever. Um, I'm in a workshop environment now, mm. um, where I'm hanging out with tradies. Yes. Uh, which you know, around Smoko, they pretty much just have uh, three topics of conversation. Mm. You know, uh, who they reckon they slept with on the weekend, um, how much drugs they took. And um, you know what they reckon they're going to do, how much they drank, and yeah, yeah. how much what they reckon they're going to do next sure. weekend. And that and, was and, a general topic. Yeah, it's a general topic of conversation. They just yeah. sort of expect you to fit in, and it's not where I've come from. Yes. And so I'm confronted with this entire, this massive fork in the road, so to speak. Mm. And so suddenly I'm feeling very, very lost and very, very alone, and very, very much without any kind of foundation, no boundaries, no foundation, nothing, nothing firm. In in my life, no direction in my life. I've got yeah. no idea who I am. I've got no idea where I'm going. I've got no idea where my life is going to take me. Um, I was really seriously lost, probably mm. a lot more lost than what people realized mm. at that time. Well. And so that sent me on a, on a journey to actually find something for mm. myself. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I've grown up in a Christian home, but is this, is this something that's actually real? Mm. You know? Can I find some stability here? Can I find some meaning here? Um, is God real? Yes. Um, is does He want to be a part of my life? You know, these these are sort of all of the uh, the questions I'm dealing with. So, what age would you have been around about this time when you start thinking through this process? Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen. Um, and it sort of stretched from fifteen through to sixteen. Mm. Yeah. So, um, to paint a little bit of picture, um, Apple Pickers Hut, open fireplace. In uh, one side of the wall, um, bed opposite the fireplace. In front of the fireplace was my living room suite, which was the uh, bench seat out of a XY Falcon. Okay. <laughs> and, um, um, kerosene lantern. Mm. So by the light of a kerosene lantern and uh, an open fire, I started to read the Bible. Wow. Yeah. And it completely transformed my life. Completely mm. and totally transformed my life. Uh, within months, I was a completely different person. Really? Yeah. So where did you start reading? Did you start in Genesis or how nope. did you? Nope. Okay. Somebody suggested to me, and I don't remember the circumstance. I don't remember why. Uh, there, was a, there was a young guy that was visiting our church at this particular time. I started in First John. 
Oh, the epistles. And, um, of no, no, John. no, not, not, not yeah, yeah, the epistles. That's epistles right. Not, not the gospel. Not, not the gospel. Not, yeah, not the, the gospel. Yeah. The first letter of John. Yes. Yeah, the letters of John. Wow. And I'm so looking back in hindsight. I'm so glad that I did. Oh, those because are I'm a really, I'm a really simple person. Yeah. And so was John. Mm. You know, if I'd have started in Romans or Galatians, I think it would have just melted my brain because <laughs> Paul was a lawyer. <laughs> That's right. And I've never ever yeah. been, you know, I've never ever had that legal mind. And I, to yeah. this day, you know, Shell, my wife, um, she enjoys Romans and Galatians way more than what I do. Right. It's like, give me Peter, James, and John any day. These guys, they were fishermen. I can understand what they're talking about. It makes sense to me. It's written in plain, simple language. And, uh, yeah, so that's where I started. Um, Mm. And, and, uh, yeah, actually memorized chapter three. Awesome chapter. Chapter three, you memorized it. Yeah, Yeah. I don't don't still remember all of it. So that's the one there. Every now and then I go back and memorize it again, but it takes me a a week or so to, to, to bring it all back. Right. Yeah, that's a great chapter. Is that the one that says starts with "Behold, what manner of love Behold the Father"? What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Yeah. And it does not yet. Uh, we we uh, yet. Now I'm losing it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long since I've, yeah. I've memorized it. Not yet been revealed what we shall be, but when He appears, we shall be we, like we Him. Know, I might have cut know. something else there. You, you, yeah, we we shall know Him, for we shall see Him as He as is. He is. Yeah. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 What what a beautiful part of Scripture. And then, of course, it tells us the the clearest definition of what sin is in the Bible. That's right. Yeah. So you've got that that clear definition of what sin is. Mm. That makes it so easy. You know, the Bible simply says, for sin is the transgression, the breaking of God's law. And you've got such a clear definition of the gospel. You know, in chapter 1 and and, and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes. Oh, praise God. It's just just so simple. Yes. You know, you don't get into all this theological stuff that Paul gets into. It's just like, okay, this is how it is. Bang. It's a little bit harder to misunderstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've got, you know, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Mm, Christ. The purpose of living a Christian life is to live a holy life. Yes. And that's the whole, whole reason he's writing the book. And if we do sin, don't just sort of give up and go, oh, bummer, I've. I've, I've sinned, I've fallen. Yeah, yeah. We have an advocate with the Father. Amen. Thank you. you know, take Thank it back, you, to, back to Jesus Christ. Mm. You, know? you know, some of the texts that this uh, program, which is called by the word of their testimony, is based on is uh, one First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. So one of those, yeah. uh, those three yeah. that you mentioned, Peter, James, and John. And it says in 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So here now your testimony is actually just demonstrating that, that by a kerosene lamp, you started reading the Bible and it changed your life. Dramatically. Fantastic. Look, uh, we're just going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to hear part two of your testimony. So dear listener, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Maybe your eyesight is struggling. You live a busy life without time to relax with a book, or you find theological writing difficult to understand. We think we have the answer. Audiobooks. 3ABN Australia Radio regularly host book readings on air featuring topics in health, Christian lifestyle and more. Audiobooks are wonderful because you can listen on the go and learn through sound. This month, 3ABN highly recommends our listeners to discover the Desire of Ages project produced by Golden Eagle Films and Myers Media. 
While it features the exact original words of its author, Ellen G. White, the Desire of Ages project has been dramatised with professional voice artists and a full orchestra soundtrack to tell the powerful story of God defeating Satan. To download your own free copy of this audiobook, visit thedesireofagesproject.com or contact 3ABN Australia Radio on 02 4973 3456. Welcome back. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony, and my special guest in the studio today is Pastor Lyle Southwell. And just before the break, we were talking about the importance of the Word of God, that we actually can be born again by spending time in the Word and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of, of Truth, of course, required for us to understand truth. But you were talking about how you started reading the Bible by a kerosene lamp and how the Bible transformed you. And you started in a quite a curious place toward the end of the Bible. People <laughs> normally start, you know, either the beginning of the New Testament or the beginning of the Old Testament, right. but you started here. Yep. So uh, there's some interesting teachings that came, comes out of this part of the, the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just a, a quick review in case you've only just joined us. Um, I, I started in First John. Um, that was the first book of the Bible ever, ever actually um, read that I remember, you know, reading and studying for myself. Yeah. And... The, you know, you've got First uh, John one verse nine, which is you know if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. Um, then you go to chapter two verse one, where you've got um, you know if if anyone uh, I write this unto you so that you don't sin, and if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So you've got that whole you know um, aspect of uh, you know and, and John being so simple, so mm. so easy to mm. understand, so straightforward. And then of course you've got chapter three, which starts off you know we're the children of God. Yes, and we're being formed into His image. We will see Him. We he will be like us, um, which then goes down and gives you a definition of what sin is. Yes, right there in verse four. If uh, uh, sin is the transgression of God's law, there's, there's there's so much. It's just written in the most simple language. Mm. Um, and you know, it's it's a short book. It's a small book. It is often overlooked. Yes. But yeah, I highly recommend it because it's um, it's uh, you know he was just a, John was just a simple fisherman, hmm. and uh, um, some of the ones that we didn't have time to talk about before the break. Yeah, you go on to chapter four, and you've okay. got this whole concept of test the spirits. Yeah, something that there is just not enough of in mm. today's world. Mm. Um, I find, and it, and it scares me a little bit that. Um, too many Christians will just accept whatever at face value if the preacher up the front says it. Yeah, yeah that's true. A, a, rather than testing. And John says, no, 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 test it, test it. Mm. Um, and goes on and talks about the Antichrist. And that, that this is actually another, another stream of, of, of our discussion that I need to go down because this introduces the concept of Bible prophecy, which became a major part of, uh, of where, where I um, headed in my spiritual journey okay. at this particular time. But I'll talk about that in a moment. Sure. A couple of other highlights um, yes. right here in First John. Uh, this is where you find the passage that says, God is love. Mm. You know, We yeah, always talk about God is love, God is love. Okay, where do you find that in the Bible? Uh, very few people realize that if you want to find that statement in the Bible, you go to First John. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then um, one of my favorite parts of First John, perfect love casts out fear. Mm, that's beautiful. Now, I was really privileged to grow up in a, in, in a Christian home where these concepts had been taught to me as a kid. You know, I was always taught as a kid, there's nothing to fear from God. God loves you. God cares for, for you. Mm. You know, I was never, I never grew up in a religion of fear. 
Uh, I talk to some people and like, oh, yeah, you know, religion I grew up is a religion of fear and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, what on earth are you talking? I can't even relate to it. Mm. And people quite often would generalize nowadays and say, oh, way back then, everybody was a little bit more into fear mongering and they were trying to keep the law and they couldn't and there were fear of judgment. And yeah, well, I never came but across not, it. Not every person I've spoken to actually had that experience. I think they're probably in the minority. However, people seem to color the past and By say the that was the majority. There's always, there's, yeah. well, you know how it is. There's always the vocal minority. Mm, mm. There's always the vocal minority. And, and to be honest, I never came across it growing up. So right, never. Well, came praise across the Lord! It. But yeah. I mean, you just my re- church, you know, as a. Um, so you you were, you were, you were grew up knowing the gospel. Yeah, the good yep. news of salvation that there's no fear in Christ. Yep. Perfect love casts out fear, and if you have yep. the love of God in your heart, you've got nothing to fear. And when I when I started studying First John, because this, this young guy recommended it to me, it became real for me because I was studying it and discovering it for myself. Because mm. you know, you hear, it's one thing to hear all these things, sure. you know all of these things, you might you know share them in family worship, whatever, but it's not until you actually sit down and. Um, and, and go through a book of the Bible for yourself. You know, I took notes, yeah. um, all this kind of stuff as I was working my way through, trying to get my head around it, trying to understand what it was talking about, that I was actually able to understand um, you know, and, and, and really get a grasp of the gospel mm. um, and make it my own. That's beautiful. So you start with the word. You start with the, uh, the platform of the gospel, understanding the epistle of John. Mm-hmm. And then from there you start moving into uh, deeper things. Yeah, yeah, so I picked up a book called The Great Controversy. Oh. Yeah. I had this paperback version, like old, thick paperback, cheapo version. Um, it has a picture of a world and two hands on the front of it, you know, from way okay, back I know in the, the day. One. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great book. And uh, it, had been, it had been, I don't even know where I found it or how it came to be in my apple picker's hut at this particular time, but... Um, I'm like, yeah, I'll give this a read. Hmm. I was always a reader. I always, in, as a kid, I always enjoyed reading. Um, I don't actually rem- remember learning to read. I think I learned to read by osmosis because um, <laughs> I, I could read when I went to school. Right. Um, and, and always been, you know, a bit of an avid bookworm, and I've always loved history. Mm. Well, this is the thing I was going to ask you. When did this love for history start? Because I've been to your home and I've seen some books that are hundreds of years old. Yeah. You've got some incredibly ancient books. They must be worth a lot of money. Yeah, we um, won't tell people what they're looking to come and rob you from your books. Right. <laughs> come and take my library. It's the most precious, most valuable thing I have in my home is my library. Okay. Um, but uh, um, I don't remember when my love for history began. But I do remember as a kid, I was a bit of a. This is okay. This is the other thing that was a bit weird about me. And <laughs> other reason I probably didn't fit in so well when I went okay. to high school. Was that um, you? Know, I'd sit down and read the encyclopedia. Because oh, really? I loved history. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just, had, I just enjoyed history. I enjoyed learning about the ancient past and mm. uh, medieval times and all so these. Were you a little bit of an academic to a certain extent? Not really. No, no? I'm, I'm not even remotely academic. Okay, so you're not really a nerd in that sense. Not a, <laughs> no, I'm a nerd. In a, I'm a different kind of a nerd. I've, oh, yeah. I've never, I've never re- re- written an academic paper in my life before. Wow. But, um, but you've obviously gained a lot of knowledge over the years you now with your study and a lot. Yeah, for yeah. History I'm, I'm quite confident. If somebody asks me a, a question, in, you know, in relationship to history, and it's something that I've studied, I'm quite confident. And answering yes, yeah. questions from history. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, so you, you're reading this book, Great Controversy. Yeah. So I picked this up, and it's, and it's all about um, the history. It's the last two thousand years of history of, of uh, the Christian Church, mm. and uh, um, but it's not just history because it traces the history um, from the time of the destruction of Jerusalem, right, by the Romans in seventy A.D. The history of Christianity from there mm. um, through until when the book was written. 
okay. um, which was, uh, what, 100 years ago, thereabouts? Yeah, about 100 yeah, years ago. About yeah. 100 years ago. Um, I think there's an 1888 version and a 1911 version yeah, of the yeah. book. Yeah, so I was reading the 1911 11, version, yeah. so a little over 100 years ago. Mm. Um, and then it, uh, of course, then takes from prophecy, and this is the fascinating thing about it, it goes into Bible prophecy and writes the next piece of history right. before... It takes place. Oh, isn't that incredible? And so I'm reading this book a hundred years after it was written. Mm. Yeah, you know, I guess it was the '80s, so it was nearly a hundred years after it was written. And I'm seeing how that okay, yep, that happened, and then that, and that, 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 and I can see, all, I'm like, okay, this all fits. Yes. And so these two things combine together. So I'm discovering the gospel. I'm discovering that um, that you know God's hand down through history. God, uh, God has providentially led his his church, his people down through history. And then I'm discovering that okay, you can actually trust everything that's written here because here it is being fulfilled, 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 fulfilled. Mm. And uh, um, yeah, so by the time I was twenty, um, I'd read that book six times. Wow. Yeah, and, and six times. <laughs> I read it six times. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, next time if I ever think of going on a Reformation tour and you're going, let me know. I'm going to come, I'm going to come <laughs> yeah. with you. You'll, you'll know a lot about the history of Europe uh, and what happened in different places. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a fascinating thing to do. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, so does this now start moving you into the books of Daniel and Revelation? Okay, so or, or? I think I think the way that a person comes to God, yeah, affects the ministry that they get involved in. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I've seen people who who come to God through um, a study of health, mm. um, and and so they'll go down a path of say health ministry. Yes, um, I came to God through a study of the gospel mm. and a study of prophecy and history. Yes, hence why. If you listen to my other programs on here, yeah, Belteshazzar, uh-huh. um, Babylon's Grand Vizi, you're going yeah, to cover a lot of fantastic history. insights in there, uh, stuff that I have not heard from other pe- people, other preachers and pastors, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and my other one, Prophetic Code, even mm. more so. That's that's based on on uh, on the, the great prophetic themes of the Bible. Wow, um, and. Uh, you know, particularly the books of Daniel and Revelation, which are your your major apocalyptic end time mm. uh, prophecies. Um, so, so yeah, it's had a dramatic effect on my on my ministry and my calling and and, and where I've gone and and uh, yeah. So that was that was that was what was happening to me when I was um, yeah. I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you that I don't know what the time period was, maybe two to seven months, but probably about four months. It was a process where I came to God, mm. and as a result of that process, I'm still a kid. I'm still out by myself in the big wide world. I've yeah. still got no boundaries mm. um, from people here on this earth. I've still got a lot of immaturity, um, but I'm no longer lost. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what God's called me to do, um, and it's crystal clear in my mind. Wow. Completely transformed my life. How many sixteen-year-olds can make a statement like that? Well, you know, that's it. And I look back at you know some of my friends and my peers at that particular time that you know blown their mind on drugs or whatever else. Mm. And uh, I was definitely in a position to head down that path. Mm. Um, You know, I actually lived there for five years. Right. Uh, And 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 often in that kind of an environment. Um, you you get this whole this whole low socioeconomic mindset mm. um, that, that 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 comes in, 
and creates a person who can be quite dysfunctional in many yes. ways. And I think we see a lot of it. And that was that was that was the path I was heading on. That was where I was going. Mm. That was that was my future. Until God came in, transformed my life, has has you know given me a beautiful wife, a beautiful family, um, a job where I, that I'm passionate about being involved in every day. Um, I've traveled the world. I've you know spoken to people, shared the gospel. Everything that I have right now, mm. and I've got the three big ones, right? Okay, okay. Because when you when you when you are young, teens and twenties, and you look forward to my age, forty five, right. where where does everybody at that age back then wants um, three things? Okay, um, a, a job that they that, that they love doing. Yes. Um, a wife that loves them, yes. and a family that they love and that loves them, and mm. I've got I've got all three of all those, three, yes. and I've got those three because of yeah. the decision I made to give my life to Jesus Christ. Wow, that's it's all based on that. It's all based on that. Mm. And so, so it all started with those questions. You know, what's the purpose of life? You know, the big questions, and starting to read the Bible, yeah. and it's through the illumination of the Word of God and the Spirit of God that your life was transformed and changed. That you were able to see yourself for who you are, the purpose that God has created you, and then also that calling that you mentioned. You said someone recognized a calling at the age of nine. Yeah, that's right. It came back. So, and you remembered the calling back then? I did. I think I'm. The, I think myself and my school teacher about the only two people who ever remembered it. Okay. But, um, I didn't actually. It didn't actually register in my mind that that had actually taken place. Until, until some time until later? after I had I'd received a calling again to, to, to ministry. Okay. Yeah. That is fascinating. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I when I was um, when I felt a heavy burden that uh, God was calling me to ministry. I talked to my dad about it. My dad's a very godly man, mm. and uh, my grandfather was a minister, so he he grew up as a as a pastor's kid, and um, and he gave me some advice, which is very interesting. He said, "Don't do ministry if you can possibly do anything else." Really? That's what he said. Oh. And I did ministry because I couldn't possibly do anything else. Okay. <laughs> so the, the Lord only kept that one door open. Yeah, and kept the other he was shut. just like, no, this is exactly what I want you to do. That yeah. is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, just listening to your, your testimony there about the gospel, the importance of the gospel and being born again you know, by the word of God, and we know that the word, obviously, it's, it's all come through the mediation of Jesus Christ. He is actually the word yeah. um, embodied, yes. uh, personified. And uh, it says there in the Proverbs chapter 4, and I think it is verse 18, I've got to check, but the path of the just is like a shining light that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. So the illumination started with you there. Because obviously we can grow in grace, we can grow in knowledge and a relationship with the Lord. But I just want to connect that to prophecy. And just going back to Peter again, um, Peter actually makes a statement there in um, uh, first, sorry, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19, just after he spoke about the fact that they were eyewitnesses to the glory of God and mm-hmm. his majesty and mm-hmm. what Jesus did. And they mm-hmm. saw the fulfillment of prophecy. Yes. Yep. You know, and uh, the epistle of John, the first, he starts there that talks about the fact that they were eyewitnesses, that they beheld, that they touched, that they were with Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. Then he says, after they had gone through those eyewitness experiences, interactions with Jesus, he says that they we have a more sure word of prophecy. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that passage because it's like, okay, we're eyewitnesses, but let me give you something that's better than an eyewitness account. Mm. It's prophecy. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Yeah, an eyewitness account is is supposedly the the, the the best evidence that you can get. Yeah, that's right. But he comes along and says, no, nah, actually, I can do better than an eyewitness account. 
there's prophecy. Mm. Because prophecy by nature is something that demands to be investigated, yes. to find out, was this fulfilled? Did this actually happen? And it requires us to exercise our reason mm. um, and, and to see whether our religion is something that is reasonable or, or is it just something we believe because we believe because we believe. Right. Or we believe we, because we, our parents believed and so that's what we grew up with. And so, yeah, I, I know it's there because uh, I've known it. You know, my parents sort of drummed it into me when I was a kid. Or, 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 or do we believe because when you go to church we get a warm fuzzy? Mm. You know, I, I can go to the football and get a warm fuzzy. Well, that's true. You can get warm fuzzies in a lot of places. Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be a church, <laughs> don't it? <you>? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, when the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, you know, faith is mm. substance, the mm. evidence yes. of things not seen. Um, and so the wind, you can't see it, but you can see the evidence of it. And that's what prophecy is like. Yes. It, it gives you the evidence that you need. You know, nobody's going to question whether or not the wind exists mm. because we have the evidence of it, even though we can't see it. And prophecy is the same way. It yeah. is more sure than an eyewitness testimony. Mm, that's incredible. That it can be more sure than the eyewitness testimony. And he says the eyewitness testimony backed up the prophecy because yeah, that's we right. saw the fulfillment of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. it's sort of one who sort of works with the other. But yeah. the fact that he says a more sure word is just incredible. Mm. And I just want to tie that back to the experience that it says there in Proverbs that, you know, the path of the just is like a shining light and it shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. He then says, we have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well to take heed as unto a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the day star or the morning star arises in your heart. And we know who the day star is. It's Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So prophecy is part of the gospel. And that's what I just want to connect because I think you're oh, starting to bring that out. People yes. sometimes separate yes. the gospel yes. from prophecy. Yes. And I can't see that. If I read the scriptures, I don't. I see the in- intricately connected. I yep. mean... The biggest book of prophecy is Revelation. That's right. And it's a revelation of who? The revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is so critical to understanding Revelation. And honestly, Etienne, I think that so many people miss this. Mm. Every prophecy should reveal something about Jesus, his character, his personality, who he is. Um, the plan of salvation, the great controversy. If it doesn't, yes. it's a false interpretation of prophecy. Mm. And Revelation is one of those books that you can do all kinds of creative things with it. Sure. You know? and, you, and you hear, you know, I read stuff, I hear stuff, and, and it's fascinating, and it's sensational, it's exciting. Yeah. And I read through this, this, you know, because this is an area where I, I, I tend to specialize, you know, I read through this this whole interpretation of, of say, a, a, one of the prophecies in Revelation, and it's like, wow, that is so exciting. I get to the end, and it's told me nothing about Jesus, mm. told me nothing about who who he is, told me nothing about the plan of salvation, nothing about his character, nothing about the great controversy with Satan and how he's gaining the victory over it. And automatically I know this is a false interpretation. Right. The other thing that I find, that I have found, and this is what, something that I've really been looking into um, in recent times, is that every false interpretation of Daniel and Revelation mm. actually attacks the character of God in some way. Wow. It actually has something there that shows God as being not a God of justice, Mm. not a God of love. Mm. Um, And this is why we have um, new atheism in our world today, which is, you know, militant atheism. They're saying, look, Christianity is a dangerous religion because the God that they present is a vicious, vindictive, nasty God. And Christians are like, no, 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 God is love. But when you actually stop and dissect the teachings, the doctrines that they are presenting, mm. the, the new atheists are absolutely right. Yeah. 
Um, and, 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 yes, so and, it's of, and it's because of a false interpretation of prophecy, a false interpretation of the gospel mm. that, you know, they've got a bad picture of God. Yeah, now that's, that is a very, very important point to make. The connection to prophecies in the gospel, showing a loving God, and then the fact that many people can misrepresent him. They want to say God is love, but then they contradict him by saying God's going to torture people for all eternity in hell. Yeah, exactly. For a life of 70 years, three score and 10, or yeah, maybe I lived 70 years, years. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to live a decent life, but God, I'm sorry, I don't want to be your friend. Hmm. And God's, okay, that's fine. I'll torture you for eternity. Yes. And, and, and an atheist looks at that and goes, no. And, and I look at that and I go, no, yeah. that's not in the Bible. That's right. You know, and even even other more subtle ones, like, you know, some people come to me and, say, and I say, oh, you know, um, um, you know, be all concerned about uh, where I'm coming from with, with my understanding of the gospel. And like, you know, I gave my life to Jesus and, and uh, um, you know, I, I can never be lost because, you know, I, I've given my life to Jesus. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's, let's actually stop. That sounds nice, but let's stop and yeah. think about it. So the moment you gave your life to Jesus... He forever removed your power of choice. Yeah, that's the, okay. Yeah, that's the implication. That's the implication. That's right. right. Now, if you have no power of choice, you are a robot, and love does not exist. Mm. Love does not exist where power of choice does not exist. Now, there's a worse one than that again, where you have those who will say that you know God never gave you the power of choice in the first place. God just sat up in heaven and and, and you know predestined this person to be saved and that person to be lost. Yes. So then you've got God using his creative power to bring people into existence for the purpose of torturing them for eternity. And it's no wonder the new atheists get up in arms. Yes, of course. And they're like, this is a dangerous religion. Mm. It is a dangerous religion. It attacks the character of God. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, this gift, this free gift of choice, and we can exercise it continually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just shows love. If you love the Lord and you just want to have more of him, you know, you, you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the promises you will be filled. But you can choose to walk away. That's right. Yeah. What's that guy in in, in the uh, in the New Testament? Paul refers to him as a uh, Demas. Demas. Demas has forsaken me. And the three he's mentioned three times in, in the writings of Paul, wow. one where he's a disciple, one where he's just mentioned no longer as being that on fire. And then he says he's forsaken me, loving the world mm-hmm. more than loving mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I'll, give you another, I'll give you another classic. The secret rapture. Mm. Don't find it anywhere in the Bible. There's not a single solitary verse in the Bible that says that Jesus is coming um, invisibly or silently. The verse does, simply does not exist, but it's yes. commonly taught. Okay, so think about this. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the popular teaching is that you have a secret rapture. The righteous go to heaven. Mm. Then you've got those who are left on earth, and they get seven years. Um, this, is, this is the wicked in which they get a second chance. Mm. Okay, let me ask you this question. Why is it that this last generation mm. gets two chances and none of the history the rest of people who ever lived before did. How is that fair? How is that just? Why does God say, you know what, I'm going to give this group a second chance, but nobody else? Wow, That's not a God of justice. A great it attacks point. the character of God. Mm. Every false doctrine that you don't find in the Bible attacks the character of God. Yeah. yeah God is just, and he's no respecter of persons. So why would yeah. another group get a second chance and the other people who died before don't? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that is a fantastic point. Look, appreciate you bringing that out. Now, we, uh, we're getting towards the end of the program. So for those people you know, who are searching for the Lord, what would you suggest to them? How can they find God? You obviously found him in a very specific <laughs> way. <laughs> I found him in First John, yeah. which is interesting because um, <laughs> you know, it, it, typically if uh, uh, somebody you know, comes to someone and says, oh, I've never read the Bible before, where should I start? And they'll say, oh, you should start in Genesis or you should start in Matthew um, or the Gospel of John. Um, and I started in First John. Uh, probably the places not to start would 
be uh, Leviticus. Okay, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I started to read the Bible, I read first John and they're like, yeah, I'm going to read the Bible. Really enjoyed Genesis. Um, Exodus was okay. And then I hit Leviticus. Oh, my. Now I love Leviticus. This sure, because it makes more sense now, I guess. Leviticus, now I've discovered that Leviticus is actually all about the gospel. Mm. Um, and it's all about Jesus Christ. Mm. I'm like, this is fantastic stuff. This is so awesome. How did I miss this? How did I not see it? But yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the place to start. Um, but simply, if you have not experienced God in your life, you do not know what you've missed. And mm. you owe it to yourself today to give it a chance. Yes, I, amen. Um, and and how are you going to give it a chance? Just do two things. Um, commit to spending some time each day reading the Bible. Mm. Maybe you'd like to do like I did and go and read First John. There is some awesome stuff right there. Mm. Start with you know Peter, James, John, these guys that write simply, or start in, in Genesis even. Um, start with those books of the Bible that are making sense to you and that are working for you and that are coming alive for you. Mm. If you hit a, 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 a portion of the Bible that's just like, I don't know what it's talking about here, move on mm. and come back to it at another, at another time. So spend some time reading the Bible every day and go to God in prayer mm. and say, God, if you're out there, please forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you. Please make me into a new person. Simple prayer just like that. Just yeah. like that. Just do that. Mm. Do that every day and God will make you into a new person. He will transform you. I mean, I mean, Jesus, he, 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 he saw me, this lonely, lost little um, young kid down in Tasmania living in the bush by himself. Uh, and, and he left the courts of heaven. He came down to Tassie. He came into my apple picker's hut, and he came into my heart. That's how much he cares for me. He knew where I was. He never lost sight of me. Yeah. Um, and, and he came looking for me, and he found me, and I found him. And uh, that is the most transforming experience that any person can ever have. And I've seen, you know, hundreds of thousands, even people who have had that experience since then. Mm. Yeah, the, the power of the Word of God. I mean, we see the Word of God in action in Genesis. You spoke about Genesis before. You know, God spoke and it was done. He commanded yep. and it stood fast. And even um, Psalms 33 brings that out. That is the power of God. And it says that the Word of God is living and powerful mm -hmm. and is able to transform our lives. So God communicates to us through His Word. And, of course, our prayer response is communicating back to God. Mm. So it's actually a two-way communication. That's right. So thank you for bringing that out. I appreciate that very much. We're just going to take a quick break so people can get our contact details in case they want to know more about the program. And then we'll just come back and wrap it up after that. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, welcome back. I hope you got those details down if you want to contact us. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony, and it's been my privilege to have Pastor Lyle Southwell here sharing his testimony. And just before the break, we were talking about Testing God and spending time in His Word and just saying a simple prayer and how mm. you weren't disappointed by going through that process. You know, other people haven't been disappointed. But perhaps that's a little wager we can put out to people who might be a little bit skeptical. Yeah. And, and, and God puts a wager out. Mm. Let me share it with you. It comes sure. from Psalms, Psalms chapter 34 and verse 8. Okay. And God says this. He says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. 
Okay, so here's what God says. God says, look, okay, you might be skeptical. You might be like, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure about God. I'm not too sure whether I want to serve God, whatever. Just try it. Mm. God comes to them and says, look, taste and see. Mm. In, in Isaiah chapter 1, uh, verse 18, he says, come. Let's reason together. Yes. Yeah. Let's be reasonable. About it. Let's let's sit mm. down and have a conversation about this. Why don't you try it out? Uh, and I can guarantee this: if you do, you will never be disappointed. God will never mm. let you Amen. down. God, the Bible says, "I will never leave you. I will never forsake you." The promise is right there for us. And if you've never tried it, you will never know. Some people come to me and they're like, "Well, you know, I don't believe in God." And I'm like, "Well, have you ever tried God? Have you ever really, really tried God?" And if you've really tried God, then this can be a per- this. If you if you are willing to really try God, this will be a personal experience for you, which is so much more powerful than you know just listening to uh, you know what Etienne and I are talking about here this morning. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's it's a level completely beyond that. Yes, that's wonderful. So God says, hey, let us reason together. He says, taste and see that I'm good. And I think even in relation to faithfulness and trying God in regards to his promises in the word, uh, Malachi chapter 3 there talks about, you know, try me. Yeah, test me. Test me. Test yes. me with this and see if I don't pour out blessings that you can't even begin to imagine. Yeah, that's right. So dear listener, I hope you've been blessed by the testimony of Pastor Lyle Southwell. Lyle, thank you very much for coming in. It's been a pleasure to have you. Great and to it's be been on the a show. real encouragement. And I pray, dear listener, that you've been encouraged by it as well that you'll spend time within the Word of God, that you'll spend time in prayer and connect yourself with the God, the Creator of heaven and earth, who loves you more than we can even understand. And we look forward to catching up with you next time here on By the Word of Their Testimony. Until then. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.